Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. It's been said that God cannot do a work through you until He first does that work in you. He has to prepare you for that which He's preparing for you. I think of the Apostle Paul. Who could say, I rejoice in my suffering for you. Keep in mind the preparation that the Apostle Paul went through. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Colossians. What could the Lord be preparing your heart for? Pastor J.D. encourages you to step back from the current trial you may be facing and evaluate. Have you learned something from the trial? There will be pain in this life, but the Lord teaches through those trials. Listen as Pastor J.D. addresses the concept of suffering and why God allows it in your life. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Colossians chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. You know, early on in my Christian life, I tried in the energy of my own flesh to live the Christian life. And it was riddled with failure. Why? Because I was trying in my own strength. And that's a recipe for disaster. The only way to live a holy life is by the power of the Holy Spirit. So when, again, not if, the trials come, the suffering hits, it's the power of the Holy Spirit within us. Think about this. I I was uh, thinking about this this last week. As believers in and followers of Jesus Christ, born again of the Spirit of God, do you realize that we actually have Almighty God living in us? We have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. So wherever we go, whatever we do, whatever we encounter, whatever we face, whatever difficulty, whatever trial, we have the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit indwelling us. And we have access to, I would say, unfettered access to that power, that dunamis in the original language, where we get our English word for dynamite. We have unfettered access to that power to do that which God has called us to do. Perhaps you've heard it said this way, God's calling is God's enabling. Let me say the same thing in a different way. God will never call us to do anything as difficult as it might be, as much suffering as it might entail, without also enabling us to do it. He can't. That's inconsistent with who God is. 
then he would be party to our disobedience, to our faltering and our failing, and he cannot do that. God will call us to serve him, and then he will package with that calling the enabling, the empowering to do that which he's called us to do. Now why is that important? Because the suffering comes packaged with the calling. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you need to first count the cost, and you need to pick up the cross, and you need to die to yourself and all of your rights. Oh, I didn't sign up for that. Well, maybe that's the problem. You know, many times, and I pray I'm not guilty of this, but the gospel that's preached is, come to Christ and all your problems will go away. (laughs) Oh, happy day. Well, I'm here to say that on that day when I came to Christ, It only just begun. (laughs) I mean, I had no idea what awaited me. This whole death to self thing, that's not fun. That sounds very painful. It is. But there's this death to self. You are not your own. You have been bought with a price. You don't call the shots anymore. You are now my servant, my slave. I know that's strong. Dulos in the original, bond slave, where now you serve me. You live for me. You don't live for yourself. And so when adversity strikes, and adversity will strike, it's not a matter of if, but when, our response to it, our rejoicing in it, will be proportionate to our death to self. Does that make sense? We have a problem though. And the problem is that we misunderstand, even misinterpret why it is that God allows suffering in our lives in the first place. We're prone to think that I must be out of God's will. Because this is very painful, this is very difficult, this, I'm suffering, I must be out of God's will. Or even worse yet, and this is a biggie, this was a biggie for me. You'll forgive the personal reference, but I just grew up in a home where my earthly father was a very angry man, and I did not have a very good loving relationship with him and I feared him, and because he was always angry with me, I always tried to keep my distance from him. And it took me the longest time 
to not see my heavenly Father through the lens of my earthly father. Because my heavenly Father is not angry with me. He took all of his anger and all of his wrath, and he put it on his only begotten Son, Jesus the Christ, on that cross almost 2,000 years ago, when he paid the price for my sin. There's, There's no anger. He's not angry with me. And he's not punishing me. But isn't our first thought almost like a default when adversity strikes and we're suffering in some hardship and some difficulty? Isn't our, our default, oh, God must be mad at me. He's not mad at you. Satan wants you to think that he's mad at you and angry with you, and punishing you, because if he can get you to think that, then you're going to keep your distance from him. And that's what his whole strategy is, is, see, once you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, Satan sh- shifts his strategy, because now that you're saved, he wants to distance you from the Lord. So how's he going to do that? Oh, he wants to convince you, deceive you into thinking that God is just waiting to give you a good licking. (laughs) Now I'm not speaking of, let me hasten to say, I'm not talking about the chastisement of the Lord. Certainly there are those times where God disciplines us as His children. But what I'm talking about is when you're right smack in the middle of the trial of your life, but you're also right smack in the middle of God's will for your life. Here's where we go wrong, and here's where we unnecessarily suffer, if I can say it that way. We think that because of the difficulty we're out of God's will, we just conclude wrongly that if it's not smooth sailing, so to speak, that I must not be in the middle middle of God's will, when the opposite is true. I think of the disciples in the boat on the Sea of Galilee. Jesus sends them on ahead in the boat into the storm knowingly. And here they are right smack in the middle of a perilous life and death storm, yet they are right smack in the middle of God's will. So why? (laughs) Why does God allow then the suffering? Because He wants to prepare me for that which He has prepared for me. It's been said, that God cannot do a work through you until He first does that work in you. He has to prepare you for that which He's preparing for you. I think of the Apostle Paul, who could say, I rejoice in my suffering for you. Keep in mind the preparation that the Apostle Paul went through after he was saved on that road to Damascus, three years, the Lord Jesus Himself taught him and prepared him for that which was prepared for him. And this is why he could write, and I don't think it's an exhaustive list, of all the pain and suffering and trials and difficulty and hardship that he encountered for Christ's sake, for the sake of the gospel. He could 
still remained steadfast through all of that. Why? Because God prepared him for it. By the way, this goes both ways. I think of Joseph. God for 17 years prepared him, he had to, for that which he was preparing for him, namely to become the most powerful man in the world, save Pharaoh. You don't just put someone in that position without preparing them first. They will fail. They will fail. He had to go through all of the betrayal from his brothers, being sold into slavery, falsely accused of attempted rape. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. He's sent into this dungeon of a prison, left to die. And he's even forgotten about until the perfect time. Okay, now we're ready, Joseph. Been through a lot, haven't you? Yes, I have. Been painful. Yes, it has. You suffered greatly. Yes, I have. Well, now you're ready. Now you're ready for what I'm going to do. Because see, I did the work in you. Now I can do that work through you. That's the secret to Paul's success. I, uh, I said it. It wasn't in my notes. I hate it when the world hijacks. I'm sorry for using the word hijack as an Arab, but I hate it when the world hijacks phrases like the secret to success, because it, it mars it, it profanes it, it makes it common. It takes it out of the realm of the sacred and puts it into the realm of the secular, and it diminishes it. What was the secret to Paul's success in life? And by any standard, by any stretch of the imagination, the apostle Paul was successful. What was his secret? Oh, all that God did in him, as painful as it was, as much suffering as he experienced. This is why James could say, consider it pure joy when you encounter trials of many kinds. You can, it's possible, because you know that God's doing a work in you. You know what I get concerned is when things are going too good. You know what I really get concerned and worried is when the devil leaves me alone. It's even worse when he sends me a thank you card and a bouquet of flowers to my wife, says, keep up the good work. You're absolutely no threat to the kingdom of darkness. Thank you so much. In other words, proportionate to our living godly in Christ Jesus, there will be persecution, there will be suffering, there will be pain, there will be trials. But it's not in vain. It's producing something in us. Perseverance, maturity, so that we don't lack anything that we need when we go through the trial. 
We've talked about this many times before, but the only way to get the perseverance that you need in a trial is to go through the trial because the perseverance comes by way of the trial. There's no other way. I wish there was another way we could develop perseverance, but the only thing that develops the perseverance to get through the trial is the trial itself. Romans 5. Verses 3 through 5, the Apostle Paul, echoing what he says to the Colossians, says we also glory in tribulations. We rejoice in suffering. We glory in trials knowing. That's the key word. That's the secret again to the success of someone like the Apostle Paul. And so too is that the secret to the success of every single one of us here today is knowing what God is doing and what God is producing in my life. He has to do that work in me to prepare me for what He wants to do through me. Knowing where God is going with the suffering. Again, it's not in vain. He's building into my life this perseverance, this godly character, and the character brings hope. And there will never be anyone who will ever be disappointed or disenchanted with what God does by the Holy Spirit in their life, in and through that trial. Maybe this is a word for somebody here today. Think about a great difficulty, a great trial in your life. Maybe you're in the midst of one today. Step back from it a little bit. Have you noticed a difference because of that trial? Has that trial brought you closer to the Lord? That alone. Has it made you more compassionate? toward others? Has it brought about a much needed humility in your life, where you've recognized your humble dependence upon the Lord and not yourself? Because you're one of those, and you know who who you are. I know who I am. We're so self-reliant. Some of us are too strong in the, in our own strength. And we roll up our arm sleeves and we just say, I'm going to make this happen. Lord's like, okay, well, let me know when you need me. (laughs) And doesn't adversity have a way of doing that? I want to close with a twofold question that I think we would all, and I include myself, would do well to consider in this regard. Again, think this through with me. The first part of the question. Could it be that God is allowing the suffering to take you deeper and make you stronger 
to do a work in you so He can do a work through you. Second, and this one's a little bit more difficult to swallow, if I can say it that way. Could it be that the suffering isn't really about you, or even for you, but instead it's for someone else? Maybe it's for Jesus. You know, I was this morning on the way here praying, saying, Lord, you know, you've done amazing things in my life, but without exception, it always came by way of a very difficult and painful trial. And I find myself on the tail end of a very difficult and painful trial, thanking God for it, because not for the difficulty itself, but because of what God did in and through that difficulty and hardship. I don't, I don't want to have to go through it again, but I wouldn't trade what God did for anything in my life, the things that He's accomplished in my life. But it's about 22 minutes from where I live to get to the church, driving the speed limit as a good upstanding uh, citizen. <laughs> <laughs> Where's our police officers at? <laughs> but that is fast becoming for me some of the greatest prayer time, just me and the Lord. And today on the way here, I was just saying, Lord, you know, <laughs> I will suffer many things for you that I would not suffer for anybody else. And then after I said that and prayed that, I thought, uh-oh. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, you know, you got to, as they say, sometimes be careful what you pray for. <laughs> it's like when you pray, you know, God, I, I, I need patience. I can almost hear the angels given charge concerning me saying, are you sure you want to pray for that? Because God will answer that prayer. You know that, right? So then you'll be on hold with customer service for three and a half hours. <laughs> and not blow your witness, because maybe you're supposed to share with that customer service agent on the other end of the phone. The book of Colossians takes you deeper into the theology and doctrine of Christianity, as the Apostle Paul emphasizes the deity of Jesus. As you learn about Jesus as the perfect man who walked the earth, you also need to embrace the fact that He is God. He has the right to be the judge, to tell the world of its sins and failures. Yet Jesus instead went to the cross to die for that sin, your sins. He poured love and grace out to a hurting world, giving all the opportunity at new life through his death. We're so glad you joined Pastor J.D. today to study the book of Colossians. We pray it's been an incredible encounter with Jesus. Today, you may be feeling called to tell someone else about Jesus and how he can change their lives. That can be intimidating, but it doesn't have to be. 
There are simple ways to share your faith, and you can find an excellent resource on our website, InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Pastor J.D. has simplified the gospel into the ABCs of salvation. These are the basics that everyone needs to know. Just click the link on our website and you'll see how easy it can be. Know that we're praying for you too as you answer Jesus' call to share the gospel. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you join us for our worship services. Bring your friends and family along too. It's a great time of fellowship and learning about God. Find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for being part of our time here today. We hope you'll tune in again for another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Ooh, ooh.